Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Hey, good morning, church. How are we doing today? It is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, can you believe that we are at the end of this fire season series? That we, oh man, aw. Man, that makes me feel good. I don't know if you guys are tired of of hearing us talk about fire. Uh, I'm kind of getting sick of it, if I'm being honest. Uh, But I am excited for uh, this last series, I'm, uh, and we are so stoked for Pastor Jason Shan to be yeah. back, man, right? Woo. Woo. It's going to be so good. Uh, I was thinking about what's the thing I'm most excited about uh, for Pastor Jason and Shannon to be back, and uh, I thought how fun it'll be to see what they look like with a little rest on them, right? <laughs> I don't know that we've ever seen them like that, so, so they, we, he, they may come back and Pastor Jason may have hair, who knows? So. <laughs> <laughs> Five weeks away from us, and it's like, that was the problem, okay. <laughs> no, but seriously, I am so excited. This fire season series has been so good. Uh, everybody that's come in has just brought the word, right? Uh, um, Val and Rod did such an awesome job. It was so awesome getting to know them. And Jonathan coming in, doing a great job. Uh, Hunter and the youth killed it during the youth takeover, right? Absolutely. We are just so lucky at this church that we are surrounded by, by ministry partners and people within our, our own ministry um, that just, they, we know that they receive from God and that we can always come expecting that we're going to get a word, right? Amen. And I'm excited that I get to be a part of that and get to, to close this series out uh, and get to preach this last week here. So to do that, I'm going to continue the story that I started last week. Now, uh, if you remember from last week, uh, we were talking about how Jesus is teaching during the Feast of the Tabernacles. So the Feast of the Tabernacles, which is like a seven uh, or eight day um, uh, festival, it's required by the Old Testament, and it's remembering, uh, it's the end of the harvest, and it's remembering God's provision for the Israelites as they wandered uh, through the wilderness after they left Egypt. And Jesus is teaching during this time, and there's a bunch of confusion and doubt over who Jesus is, and their view is obstructed uh, of Jesus because they're like leaning on their own understanding, and so they can't see who Jesus really is, despite all of the evidence and all of that. And so Jesus stands up, and he stands up, and he, and he begins to speak and bring revelation to the people of God during a particular point uh, of the Sarah, or during the festival. It was during a, a ritual that took place every single day, and it was uh, a ritual where they would pour out living water, and Jesus stands up and he says, I am living water. And our story's going to continue, it's going to continue in John chapter 8, uh, and very much in the same way, it's still the Feast of Tabernacles, it's, it's later on that day, and, and Jesus stands up once more during a ceremony that's taking place, a ceremony that was required to take place every single day. And Jesus stands once more and brings revelation to the people of God. Would you turn your Bibles to John chapter 8, verse 12. Now while you're turning there, man, it's crazy. I don't hear pages flipping, right? You guys are all like, get on your phone. Oh, yeah. Can you do that a little more? Just like, I'll give you a microphone, make it a little sound like that. Um, Anyway, while you guys are turning, turning there or opening up your Bible app or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, I want to give you a little context again on this new ceremony that's taking place that Jesus is, is giving revelation during. And so this ceremony is the illumination of the temple. And like I said, just like the, the ceremony with the water, it happened every day for seven days. And what would, what would happen is the people of God, they gather in uh, the court of the women. The court of the women was a social area in, in the temple. It was a place where, uh, it's called the Court of Women because it's as far as the women could go in the temple. They couldn't press through further than that. But it wasn't just for women. They all kind of gathered there. 
And it was the place where you'd go and you'd, you'd bring your tithes and you, you'd lay your, your offering before the Lord um, and it'd be right up against the, the, the wall right before you went through and pressed on into the, the, the court of, of the Israelites, or the court of men, and then into the holy place and then into the holy of holies. And so they'd gather in the court of women, this social area, and, and they would begin to celebrate. The women would, would climb up into the balconies. There's four balconies and the women would climb up and, and they'd sit up there. And then the men would gather into the lower place and uh, they would begin to light these great lamps that were there. In the court of women, there was four magnificent lamps. They were 75 feet tall. Could you imagine how 75 feet tall is pretty big. Four 75 foot tall lamps. And they were made out of pure gold. And these golden lamps, they would begin to, to craft wicks for them. And, and the wicks for these lamps were made from the priest's clothes. The priests would rip their holy rags that they had, and they would fasten these wicks for these magnificent lamps. And they would light these lamps. And it said that when these lamps were lit, that the light from them would shine so bright that it would fill every courtyard in the city. That's pretty amazing. And so the people would light these great lamps and they would celebrate the light. The men would dance and they'd sing songs of praise and psalms. They'd declare God's goodness and they would just celebrate. It was a joyous ceremony. And so as all of this is happening, at some point during all of this, Maybe it's as they're crafting the wicks, or maybe it's as they're lighting them, or, or just as they're extinguishing them. Jesus begins to teach once more. And we come in at verse 12. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's pray. Father, just thank you for today, Lord God. I thank you uh, for this fire season series, Lord God. I thank you for every word that's come through this, Lord God. I, I pray, Lord, that we would receive every one of those things, Lord, and we would move forward with that. Lord, we would let those things apply to our life, Lord God, and let this week be no different, Lord God. Let the word that you have for us today, let it pierce our hearts and let us walk with it as a, a continuing reminder, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you'd use me as your vessel, Lord God, that you'd speak through me, God, that it wouldn't be my words, Lord God, but they'd be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So all of this is happening. The people of God are celebrating this joyous occasion. They're celebrating this great light that God sent them. Or rather, the light that he sent their ancestors as they wandered through the dark night of the wilderness and the desert. They're celebrating the pillar of fire that guided them. Could you imagine being the Israelites? They were enslaved in Egypt for so long. That's all they knew. And now they're walking in the desert at night. It's got to feel terrifying. But their God didn't leave them alone. Their God left them a, a pillar of fire to guide their way. And so they're celebrating this pillar of fire. But Jesus stands up in the middle of it. And he says, I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you will never walk in darkness. And by saying that, he's evoking all of this imagery that they're already thinking about. Imagery of the pillar of fire. They're people could have walked in darkness, but their God didn't forget them. He sent them a light to guide them. And Jesus is saying, hey, remember the light that God sent you to, to guide you through the desert. Bingo, it's me. I'm the light. I'm the light that's sent to guide you. Jesus is, pre is presenting himself as a solution to a problem in the same way that the pillar of fire was a solution to the problem of darkness. Jesus is saying, I am a light for your darkness. But what he's really telling the people is that you've lost sight of the light. You've lost sight of the light. And 
I think that today he might be telling some of you guys, you've lost sight of the light. Maybe you're watching from home and God's trying to speak that to you. He tells the people that they're walking in darkness. What is darkness? Darkness is nothing. I can't create darkness because darkness is the absence of light. I had this big illustration planned um, where I was going to have, when I said that darkness is the absence of light, I was going to have all the lights turn off. I was like, that's going to be really cool. But then I thought, actually, with River of Life, they might not know that it's an illustration. (laughs) They might be like, ah, windstorm in East Missoula again. (laughs) Darkness is merely the absence of light. And a life that's lived in darkness is a life that's lived in the absence of light. How many of you know that if you try and operate when there's no light, try and operate in the darkness, it can cause a lot of problems. I know, I remember, you know, a couple years back, I was, I was hunting back in the Midwest, in Illinois, and I uh, was so excited. You know, in Illinois, we get seven days to hunt with a gun. Can you believe that? It's crazy. <laughs> and they're broke, it's not even seven days in a row. It's like three days and then four days. It's terrible. Anyway, Montana. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, so, but if this was the, my, the, the first of the, of the split up time and I was so excited and I remember getting all my stuff together and, and I thought, you know what? It's supposed to rain tonight. It's the day before opening season and I'm going to go out. We hunt out of tree stands there. So I'm going to grab my tree stand, the seat from the tree, my tree stand. I'm going to bring it in. So that way I don't have to sit in, in a wet seat. And so I brought it into the cabin, and, and that morning I woke up so excited. I grabbed all my stuff, and, and I put my backpack on, strapped my light to my chest, and I was like just pumped up, walked out in the darkness into these woods, and, and, uh, and, and I knew these woods really good because they're on my dad's property, and I've, I've walked them a thousand times. So I walked all the way out to where my tree was, and I was just so stoked. And I, so I grabbed my, back, my, my pack, and I still lay it down on my tree, and set my gun down. All of a sudden I realized, oh my goodness, I forgot my seat. And so I'm like full panic now. I'm going to miss first light. I know I'm going to do it. So I start running back. And I remember I let my lights on my bag, so I left it there. So I'm running through the darkness. And I'm just like, I don't care. I know these woods good enough that I can make it. I, I know I can make it back to the cabin. And so I'm sprinting. And I do. I, I, I make it all the way out of the woods and up to, to the cabin. I grab my seat and I run back, and, and I'm running so hard, and, and I'm in, a, in such a panic that uh, at one point I look up, and I see a guy standing there with a headlamp, and he's looking back at me. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I wandered off my dad's property. I'm too close to the property line. I must have missed my turn or, or went on a different trail that I didn't know was there. And I started to like have this panic of like, how did I do this? And at one point, I remember I was literally just like sitting there like this. What am I going to do? I didn't have my gun on me. Pitch dark. Couldn't see. And I'm like, I'm going to miss first light. I only get three days because I live in Illinois. And <laughs> I was so upset. And I'm like stressing out about this. And all of a sudden, it hits me that that's not a guy that's looking back at me with a headlamp. That's my bag that has a headlamp on it. <laughs> The darkness can cause a lot of problems. It makes you unsure. Unsure your footsteps. You ever got up in the middle of the night, gone to walk through your house in the, in the, in the dark? You don't want to turn any lights up to stir everybody. So you just walk through the darkness. And if you have kids, uh, you're bound to have things that are laying on your floor. The other day, or not too long, a couple weeks ago, I had a, uh, my son left his tricycle in the middle of our hallway. Yeah, you know where this is going. I woke up and, and went to go walk, walk. I think I was letting the dog out or something like that. And uh, stepped right on the tricycle, full on landed on my back. Awful. It's terrible. I was not a happy camper. Uh, but I was unsure of my steps. I had no idea what's in front of me. But that's, the darkness will do that to you. It makes it so you, that you, are, you, you don't know where you're going to step. You don't know what's in, what's in front of you. Are you going to stumble over a rock? 
Because when you're unsure of your steps, you know you're bound to stumble. I took a serious fall there. It was a funny fall. My wife was like cracking up. <laughs> but I fell down, and I fell down because I was unsure of my steps, and, 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 I, and I stumbled. The darkness will do that to you. When we walk in the absence of light, we're un, unaware of our surroundings. You ever done this walk? Yeah. Do you ever go looking for something like in a drawer in the dark? And you're like digging through stuff and you're like knocking over a lamp and a, and a picture frame. And you, you, you have, you're just like so one track mind. You know what you're searching for. And so you're like just, and then like all of a sudden you turn on the light and you're like, oh my gosh, the mess that I just made. You're unaware of the things that surround you. Because normally you're so focused on, on making your way or finding what it is that you're looking for that you're unaware of the other things that you affect in the meantime. You can't see them. When we walk in darkness, we're unable to protect ourselves. On Monday, uh, I got out for my first hunt of the year this year, and, uh, and last, like you guys know, I've said it a thousand times, um, I don't know how to hunt out here, and I'm, I'm in the process of learning. Uh, and so someone recently told me uh, that I need to hike out in the dark. And I was like, really? There's bears out there, you know? <laughs> but I said, okay. And so I, I, I went out 3 a.m., I woke up at 3 a.m. on Monday, went out to, to my spot, and hiked out in the dark. I was really proud of myself. Um, but I got to say, I was terrified, <laughs> petrified. And I had a headlamp on, but even there, I was just like, I had all the weapons that I needed to, to defend myself, but I just didn't know where an attack would come from. I was quite positive that, that there was a bear or a wolf or a mountain lion that was just hiding in the bushes, licking their lips, thinking, that husky Swedish fellow looks tasty. <laughs> I was unable to protect myself. Because when you walk in darkness, you're easy prey. Walking in the absence of light causes many issues. And when we walk in spiritual darkness, when we walk absent from the light of Christ, we create just as many problems. We're unsure of the steps that we're going to take. We don't have the Holy Spirit to guide us and, and show us which path that we should go down, which, where, what to do. When we're presented with a life, big life situation, we get filled with anxiety. We're, we don't know what, we, what to make of it. And so what we end up doing is, is we guess with our steps, our spiritual steps. We guess with where to put our feet. And we end up stumbling over and over again because the darkness makes it so we can't see the things that are tripping us up. Or maybe we walk down a wrong path because we're in the darkness. We can't tell what our next steps are. And when we walk in spiritual darkness, we're unaware of the surroundings. Or rather, we're unaware of the people that surround us. And we walk through our life doing this walk through our life only with a singular focus. And the singular focus is ourself and our needs. And we're unaware of the people and their lives that we affect. We have no idea what we do to them. But at the end of it, we turn back and we look and we say, oh my goodness, look at the trail of broken relationships and broken lives and all of the, the, the things, that the, the parts that I played in those. We're unaware of the people that are around us in the darkness. And when we walk in spiritual darkness, we make ourselves easy prey. See, I wasn't 100% convinced that there was a lion or a wolf or a mountain, or a mountain lion or a wolf or a bear that was you know, waiting to, to get at me. But I am 100% convinced that we have a spiritual enemy, an enemy of our soul who is seeking to devour us like a lion. And you may find yourself walking in darkness and, and you're like, man, my, my marriage is screwed up and, and, and my family is screwed up and my kids' lives are screwed up and my, my finances are screwed up and everything seems like it's in shambles and I'm constantly being attacked and I don't know where these attacks are coming from or how to defend myself. And you say, I don't understand what the problem is. Jesus says, you've lost sight of the light. You're walking in darkness. You're walking in the absence of the light of Christ. The problem is we, like the Jews of Jesus' time, we don't know 
that we're walking apart from the dark, what we're walking in darkness. We don't understand it. See, the people that he's talking to, the people that are celebrating in this ceremony, they don't get it. They lit these great flames and they're celebrating this light. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. You know, they're dancing and celebrating. And maybe at one point in their life, they, they were, were facing the light and they were really celebrating it. But at, at some point, they turned around and they got so far away from the light and now they're facing this direction, they don't even realize, I left the light behind. See, what they did, God gave them a light to guide them, but what they did is they exchanged the light and walking in the light to walking in, in religious practices. And there's a big difference between walking in the light and walking in religion. Could you imagine what Jesus felt like when he sees his people so far from the light? And so, it's, they're so obviously in darkness that they can't see how lost they are. But you know, we do the same thing. It's so easy for us to, to practice the, and perform these uh, religious, these like face level uh, religious ceremonies. And it may not look like a ceremony, but maybe it's just you come to church. Maybe you tithe. And you say, ah, this makes me good. I'm in the light. Maybe you give to a charity and you're like, that makes me a good person. I'm good. Maybe you open your Bible every once in a while for a reason other than like taking a picture of it and posting it on social media. Maybe you share a sermon that you, that you see and you're like, oh, that's a good point. That makes me feel good about myself. But can I tell you, I'm not saying all those things are bad. But if that's all you do, then you're not walking the light. You're just performing religious ceremonies. Jesus doesn't call us to that. He calls us to walk in the light of God. Walk in the light of Christ. See, because when we walk in darkness, our life is an aimless pursuit. And what happens is we wander through our life. We're unsure of our steps and unsure of our surroundings. And we make ourselves easy prey. And what we do is we, we find a group of people, the large group of people that are also in darkness. But they happen to be on this path that's really easy to find. They all seem to find this wide, broad path, and they're all walking down it. And we say, you know what? That seems like an easy path to go in. I don't really know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to follow along with what they're doing. And we get on the, the wide, broad path that they're on. The problem is that path leads to destruction. Jesus came to offer us a different path. Jesus came to be a light for our path. Right? It was his mission. It's why he came from heaven, to be our light. It says in Luke 179, it says, he came to give light to those who sit in darkness and are in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. It's his purpose. Christ's purpose is to give light. How amazing is that to know that Christ sees us as we walk in darkness. He sees us just like he stood in the court of women among his people and he saw them in darkness. He sees us in darkness. But he doesn't just stay there. He says, I gotta be a light. I've come to be a light so that they don't have to stay in darkness. I've seen them on, on, the, on the shadow of death. I've seen them walking the path that leads to destruction, but I've come to be a light. I've come to save them. John 12, 46 says, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Christ's light is available to all. And it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've come from. It doesn't matter your background, your sin, or your shame. It doesn't matter. If you're walking in darkness, Christ came for you. Oh, come on. Somebody's got to hear that. If you are walking in darkness, Christ came for you. 
He came to be a light. He came to be the light of the world. Now that can be a bit confusing because what that's not saying is that he came to shine light on the whole world. He could. His light is certainly great enough. It's certainly greater than, than the light of the four golden 75-foot lamps. He can shine light beyond the courtyards of the city, but he doesn't. And we know that because we look around us and we see darkness. Right? It's all, it's all around us. Look at our country. Look at the pandemic. Look at the, the issues overseas. Look at the conf, conflict in Israel and, and, and the conflict in Afghanistan. We, we look all around us. And we see constant struggles. We see darkness. We see people walking in darkness. Jesus didn't come to shine his light on the whole world. He came to shine his light on a path. He came to be the world's, the light of the world, meaning he came to be the only light of the world. See, the world tells us there are many different ways we can go about our life different worldviews and different religions and different thought processes and, and all of it's eventually going to lead the same place. The world tells us that we're all going the same place so just live your truth. Live whatever you feel. If your emotions tell you something, it's probably true. Jesus says there's two paths. Matthew 7, 13 through 14, Jesus tells us there are two roads, a narrow road that leads to life and a broad road that leads to destruction. And the people who walk in darkness, they're on the road that leads to destruction. But the people that walk the narrow road, they walk in a path that's illuminated by the light of Christ. Jesus came to be the light, the only light. He came to be the way. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This gives us a peek at what he's, he's what he, the goal of why he's leading us. He came to be our way. He came to be our path that we should follow. And he's going to light up the way. And his purpose, so that we can restore, come to a restored relationship with the Father. No other way does that. Only Jesus' way. See, the light, the, the pillar of fire, it, it led to a promised land. I tell you that Jesus' life, it, it leads us to a promised land. But it's the ultimate promised land. It's the restored relationship between us and our creator. Man, how good is that? Thank you, Jesus. See, because Jesus' light is a guiding light. Scripture says that the word in Psalm 119, the word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. Jesus is the word of God. He's the word of God manifest. And he came to be a light. He, Jesus is the lamp for our feet and the light for our path. He's a guiding light, just like the pillar of fire. The pillar of fire went before the people. I think it's really important for us to identify, actually, the position of the pillar of fire. See, because the pillar of fire didn't sit over the people of God. It didn't provide light so that they could stay where they were. It went before them. It shined light on the way that they should go. And the people had to follow that light. Do you understand that if the light is in front of me and it's moving, if I stop following that light, I'm in darkness. Jesus came to be the light that goes in front of us to shine the light on our path. And as long as we follow that path, as long as we stay in that light, he will guide us through the desert and through the dark and through the wilderness and into the promised land, into a restored relationship with the Father. Hallelujah. Jesus is calling us out of darkness. I am the light of the world. If any of you would follow me, you'd, be, you'd never walk in darkness. He's calling us out of darkness, and his call to follow implies that we need to change. Our life has to change. You can't follow and be the same. You can't stay in the same place and follow. And for us to follow, that means that things in our life need to change. It means priorities need to change. That means the way we talk needs to change. That means the things that we do in our free time need to change. Because you can't, 
You can't continue to operate like you're in the darkness and be in the light. They don't coexist. A room's either dark or it's full of light. Jesus came to be that light, and he's shining his light on a path that we should follow. Not a path that leads to destruction, but a path that leads to the ultimate promised land, a restored relation to the Father. And when we follow him out of darkness and into right standing with the Father, Jesus says that we will receive the light of life. The light of life. Ephesians 5, 8 through 13 says... For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that's illuminated becomes a light. Jesus says, follow me and I'll give you the light of life. And when we receive the light of life, our life changes. It's amazing. Our life changes. We're not the same person. We're new creations. We're, we were once darkness, but now we're light. Our life changes. When we receive the light of life, it says, Ephesians says, our life will be marked by the fruit of the light. How amazing. The fruit of the light is, is goodness, righteousness, and truth. Can I ask you, is your life marked by goodness, righteousness, and truth. When you have an interaction with people, do, they, do you leave them feeling good? Or are they like, gosh, wish I would have missed that guy today. <laughs> I mean, I'm, full seriousness. Are you a drag on the people around you? Or do you leave them feeling, do you, ever, do you ever know someone that every time you come into contact with them, you leave feeling that place feeling uplifted and, and built up and edified and you're like, man, I feel good after that conversation. Every time I talk to them, I just, it's not that I feel better about myself. It's like I, I, the, the goodness of the Lord just is sitting on me. Do you know that feeling or that person? That's the fruit of the light. The fruit of the light. It's goodness. Fruit of light is goodness, righteousness. Do you, do you live your life in a righteous way? Righteousness just means, it's a word that means to be in right standing with the law. And I'm not talking about the law of the, of the world, although don't go out and get a bunch of speeding tickets or anything like that. Otherwise, Jason will get on you. No, you're retired. You can't get on me. That's right. Yes. Anyway, speed away. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. It's not the, the law of the world, although you should be, but it's the law of God. Do you live a life that's right between you and God? Jesus summed up the law by saying that, uh, to you, that the law is to love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Do you do those things? Is your life marked by righteousness? Is your life marked by love towards God and towards your neighbor? In 1 John 2, it says that, that if anyone hates his brother and claims to be in the light, they're still in darkness. Whew. Conviction. <laughs> if anyone hates his brother and claims to be in the light, you're still in darkness. The fruit of light has no place for that. If you have hate in your heart instead of love, you're walking in darkness. Do you walk in truth? Do you have that fruit of the light? Last week we talked about how the world that we live in, they couldn't, the people, they couldn't see Jesus because they had exchanged the truth of God for a lie and they, they leaned on their own understanding. We talked about how our world is like that. Our world has exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they, they ask us to go along with that lie. And it's so easy. Like I said, the whole crowd, they're all walking in darkness. And the road that they found, the path that they found, it's broad and wide. And it's easy to find. It's so tempting to just get in line and walk. But the problem is they're walking in a lie because they've exchanged it for the truth of God. But people who walk in the light of Christ, they walk in truth. And where, they, where there is a lie, they meet it with truth. 
Church, does your life, do you leave that behind? When you encounter situations or people, do you leave behind the, the fruit of goodness, righteousness, and truth? Is your life marked by those things? If not, you might be in darkness. When we receive the light of life, we walk an illuminated path. We're no longer unsure about the steps that are in front of us. We're no longer unsure about the, the potential uh, stumble, stumbling blocks that are laid in front of us. Because Ephesians says that everything that is exposed to the light becomes visible. How amazing! We have the Holy Spirit that's guiding us and taking us through. It, it, it's, it's guiding us on the way that we should go. It's shining light on the stumbling blocks. And it's shining light on the people around us. So no longer are we only concerned about ourselves, but we see the people that are surrounding us. We see the people that are struggling. And we take a detour from whatever it is that we're doing, the life that we're living, so that we can go and leave goodness in their life. We no longer turn around and see a trail of broken relationships. But we turn around and we see people that we've grown as a family to love. We see family. We're fully aware of our surroundings because everything that's exposed by the light is visible. And we don't fall victim to traps by the enemy. We're no longer easy prey, but we can see him and point him out. When we're in the light, can I tell you, when, you're, when, when, when we're in the light, when you walk in the light, you can, you can tell when it's the devil. Did you ever see that? Did you ever like get, get tempted by something or, or, the, 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 or something happens in your life and you're like, it smells like devil. <laughs> it smells like devil in here. I can see it's right there. Like we joke and we say, not today, Satan, that, that, that joke. We say it for like everything. But the truth is, you can identify him. You can see him coming. I've heard that you can smell a bear before, before he attacks you. Is that true? Yeah? Okay. If it's not true, just pretend. I made it up and just pretend it's true. <laughs> I'm telling you, you can smell the enemy when he's close. And you can point him out. Oh, I see you there. Not going to get me. I see you for what you are. You're exposed. You have no power. You're not a lion. Jason Lindsay always reminds us, as when we, when we pray together, he always reminds us that, that the Bible says he's like a lion. He's not actually a lion. The light exposes him for what he is. We walk an illuminated path. We don't stumble because our steps are ordered by the Lord. One of my favorite verses, Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If you ever want confidence because you, to say like, God, am I walking down the right path? Psalms 37 says, he is the one ordering your steps. Yes, you can be confirmed. The light has been shined. You are walking down the right place and you won't stumble because you can see the stumbling blocks that are in front of you. When we receive the light of life, this is the last and most important thing. We ourselves become a light. You were once darkness, but now you are light. We ourselves become a light. Verse 13 in Ephesians 5 says, that everything that's illuminated becomes a light. See, when we place our belief in Christ, when we decide to follow him, he not only shines his light on our path, but he illuminates us. He illuminates us so that we can be a light in the darkness. Being a light was Jesus' purpose. It was the reason why he came and can I tell you that we share in that purpose? Did you know that Jesus isn't the only one that's called the light of the world? Did you know that? The Bible also calls someone else the light of the world. It's us. He calls us the light of the world. I, man, I don't know. I, I should have studied, studied this portrait. I don't know how many names that Christ gives to himself that he also gives to us outside of son of God. I mean, we're co-heirs, right? We share 
in that. Matthew 5, 13 through 16 says, uh, 14 through 16 says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see, good, see your good deeds and glorify your father. Do you remember what I said Christ's light does? He came to be a light, to shine a light on our path, to lead us to the ultimate promised land. And the ultimate promised land is a restored relationship to the Father. In Matthew, Matthew 5 here, he's saying that we have the same purpose that he did. That we, like Christ, are the light of the world. We have been placed here by God, chosen by God, because we chose to follow. And we're following in the light. We become children of the light. And we ourselves have become a light because the light of Christ has reflected onto us. And everything that's, that's illuminated by the light becomes a light. Everything that's exposed to the light becomes a light. We exist in the same purpose as Jesus. To be a light that stands out in the darkness. Be a light that guides people through the dark wilderness, the, the desert that they're going through, the hurt and the brokenness. Jesus calls us to be like him. He calls us to stand. And when we see people, people of our world, when, he's, when we see them walking in darkness, stumbling and stumbling and stumbling, when we see them moving God throughout their life and, 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 and destroying people's life, when we see them being attacked over and over and over again, we're not just called to sit and be the light in our own place, but we're called to go and to be the light in their life. We're called to get up off of our feet, to follow the light and to call people with us. If Christ's purpose was to call people out of the darkness into the light, the church, that is our purpose too. Our purpose is to call the hurting and the broken out of the darkness and say, friend, brother, I have something for you. I, I know what your problem is. I know what the, the darkness that you're in because I've been there myself and I've wandered it. I've wandered it and I've been lost. But I know the solution to your problem. His name is Jesus and he's the light of the world and he leads to the ultimate promised land. He leads to the Father. Oh, come on, somebody. We need to worship today. We are not called to just operate in religious sacraments. It's not who we are. And that's not the Christ's purpose for the church. We're called to be children of the light. We're called to be the light of the world, just as Christ was, and to walk in the light. And I want to leave you with some questions, because the, the people that God's speaking to, they're the people of God. These aren't Gentiles that he's talking to. These aren't people that, don't, that have never known the Lord. They're people that once knew the light. But they exchanged it. And because they did it, they walked in darkness. This message last week and the message this week, they're called limited visibility. Nothing limits visibility like darkness. So I want to ask you, would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. I want you to take a serious, introspective look at your life right here, right now. Don't wait. Don't mark it down in your calendar. Do it now. And I'm going to ask you some questions. Are you living in darkness? Have you lost sight of the light? Are you constantly unsure of the steps that you're supposed to take in your life? Do you find that you're stumbling over and over and over again over different 
stumbling blocks in your life? Do you find that you've walked down different paths and they've all led to failure? Do you move through your life completely only concerned about yourself? Do you move through your life and, and just, you wreak havoc on the people around you? Do you turn around, can you, can you turn around in your life and see an endless trail of broken relationships? Do you find that you're an easy target for the enemy? Do you find that your life is constantly under attack? You don't know, you don't know how to see the enemy coming. When I was talking earlier about calling him out and, and seeing his, atta- where, his attacks, you're like, I don't know that. I don't know how to do that. You might be walking in darkness. You might have lost sight of the light. Jesus didn't tell the people in the court of women who were celebrating. He didn't tell them that he was the light of the world. He didn't tell them that they were in darkness. He He didn't do that to bring condemnation on them. He did it to present himself as a solution to a problem. And I don't ask if you're walking in darkness to bring condemnation on you. I ask it so I can present you with a solution to the problem. His name is Jesus, and he's the light of the world. The only thing that can pierce the darkness is the light of Christ. And all he asks is for you to follow. All he asks is for you to get up from the place that you're in and to follow his light. If you're unsure how to do that, start with the word of God. Psalm 119. The word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. Start with the word of God. He will guide you. He is a shining light. He will call you out of darkness. He will call you into marvelous light. He's doing it today. I know it. There's people in this room. There's people who are watching the stream. Or maybe you're watching this months or years after we recorded it. He's calling you out of darkness. He's calling you into the light. I want to give you an opportunity to say, I'm going to follow today. With your head bowed, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, I'm in darkness, I'm being honest, I'm in darkness. And I'm ready for the light. Would you just raise your hand and say, I'm going to follow. I see you. 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 Christ sees you. He sees you in your darkness, but he's come to be your light. As a church, I just want to make a declaration here. I want you to vocalize with me. I want you to just say, I have decided to follow Jesus. Oh, come on, church, say it like you mean it. I have decided to follow Jesus. If you had your hand up, if you, if you were bold enough and courageous enough to admit that you walk in darkness and you made that declaration right now, I have decided to follow Jesus. His light, it's available to you. 
if you believe and follow him, his light is available to you. Father, I just thank you today, God. I pray a blessing over these people today, Lord God. You came, Lord God, all of those years ago, Lord, you came to be our light, God. You came to guide us and direct our steps, Lord God, to lead us into a right standing relationship with the Father, God. You came to do it, and you did it. You accomplished it. And God, we make up our mind today that we have decided to follow Jesus. That we've decided to follow you, Lord God. And when we say that, Lord, I know that you are faithful to shine your light so brightly on our life, Lord God. We recognize today that we are sinners, Lord God. That without your light, we are in total and utter darkness, Lord God. We recognize that without your light, we are our easy prey. And that we will stumble over and over again. And that we, we will be completely unaware of the people that surround us, Lord. We are fully aware that in our own power that we stand in darkness. But Lord, today, we will be aware that our God did not leave us in the darkness. He saw us in the shadow of death, and he sent you to be a light to guide us out. Father, I thank you for your light. Lord, I thank you for your light. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.